0: Welcome to The Rooftop, and welcome to another Waterline episode in this series of 27 Waterline articles that are based on the inspiration from T.E. Lawrence and his 27 articles that he wrote for combat advisors who would possibly follow him uh, into the area that is now Syria and Iraq when he was working with the Bidu tribes in World War One to stand up against the Ottoman Turks. And he learned a lot of lessons about human connection, and in the spirit of that, at rooftop we've put together 27 articles that can help you make better human connections be more influential more impactful in what you do in your daily life and we're now on article number uh, 17 and it's we're we're in the realm of relationships right now and so this one is entitled leaders who can restore relationships own every room and this harkens me back to a time when I was working in Afghanistan with the Village Stability Program in 2009, 10, 11, and 12. And I was more immersed in tribal dynamics at that point than I think at any point in my life. Now, since then, I've become even, uh, I think, deeper and more deeply involved in tribal dynamics and certainly uh, super interested in it, and I've pursued... Working with and studying under as many experts as I could possibly find. But what I would tell you during that ter- period of time was that w- getting into those villages, w- the first 10 years of the war, uh, from 2001 or two until 2009 or 10, we had focused as a country mostly on retribution, on attrition, on kind of a top down strategy to work from Kabul and Kandahar in the urban areas out and down into the rural villages. And, and it was off-putting to the rural communities because they felt like we were coming from the cities and the technocrats, uh, uh, a contract society that they as status society members had no interest in. And we've talked enough about status society and contract society, you know what I'm talking about. They, we were coming from the tip of the iceberg down below the waterline, but in a way that was not where we understood what was going on at a local level. And part of this process with village stability operations and that became a paradigm change for me and how I thought about leadership was it forced me, it forced us to really get down below the waterline and look at tribal dynamics. And what was it that made leadership work in those areas? And what I came to understand, you guys, is that honestly, uh, understanding the primal realities of leadership, the primal realities of what works in civil society, informal civil society, like these villages. If you understand that, you have a competitive advantage of how you lead in the modern world because we're still ancient brains in a modern world. We're still well-dressed Neanderthals. And and one of the things that um, I noticed about tribal elders was that it really was not a lineage that was passed down from one elder to the next on who Led Those villages, they were very egalitarian in the sense that it was based on certainly your your martial prowess, your ability to fight was also based on your relationship portfolio. We talked about that in the last article number 16 about organizational relationships and and those tangible and intangible linkages outside your network. That that very much true in tribal society. In fact, the, the the tribal elders, the maliks who had connections to other tribes and back to the government, they typically were the ones who were able to um, influence more. But there was one other component to, in addition to martial prowess, in addition to um, your your relationship portfolio, and it was the ability to restore relationships. What I found was that the most relevant tribal elders were the ones who were the best. At relationship restoration, they could go into pretty much any heated situation where emotional temperatures were super high, where the threat of feud was right there at the edge, and where once that feud went white hot, it, it's you know it's Hatfields versus McCoys, it's Cripps versus Blood. I mean, it's 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 uh, salt in the earth. Everybody dies, and so you had to resolve, you had to restore relationships quickly, or otherwise you could have a massive. Feud on your hands, and that was not in the best interest of informal civil society because there was no government intervention. And in fact, throughout Afghan history, when you would see government inter- intervention was when feuds got too big and spilled over. So there were all these pragmatic reasons that elders really needed to be good at resolution and restoration of relationships when they were broken. And what I've come to believe is I think that's absolutely true in the world that we live in today. I mean, business and personal relationships are always going to be at the same risk of feud and rule of the clan that you see in tribal Afghanistan. Again, we're ancient brains in a modern world. We haven't changed that much in a quarter million years. In fact, these primal tendencies like honor and shame, revenge, even feud, um, they can raise transaction costs in life and business just like they can cause violence and death in traditional tribes. In other words, the stakes are a little different, but the cost in a, a tribal area could be your life, but the, the, the cost in your business could be your livelihood. And no matter how refined you think you are, you're really not above it. I mean, especially in today's arena of churn, of the distraction, the disengagement, the distrust, and, and, and certainly the fear and prolonged isolation that seem to just be driving us further and further apart, where people go from 0 to 100 in like 30 seconds. You know, and 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 it was that way in Afghanistan because of 40 years of war and of of the of the heated tensions between tribal dynamics. And so for this reason, you know, elders from status societies like Afghanistan, they've always understood that the real impact, the power, the influence of getting below the waterline and restoring relationships is a, an innate it advantageous skill. It gives you a competitive edge. And today's business leaders, I believe, could take a page from their Afghan cousins, right? This skill of restoring relationships still holds true today. Leaders who can assess trust gaps between in-groups and out-groups, who can restore relationships quickly when they walk in a room and they see that something in the relationship fabric is broken or damaged, they're always going to find themselves sought after to close deals, to close trust gaps, and broker strategic solutions. Now, granted, it's hard, and it takes more time, but what are we after here? Our return on investment, or at least our aim point in all of this as rooftop leaders, is relevance. It is the ability to stay relevant. And this works inside your business as much as it works inside of it. Right? Uh, Sorry, it works inside your business as much as it works outside of it. And your ability to learn the power of relationship restoration as a Lorentzian skill, as a, you know, within these articles, uh, is really going to help. And so the articles, some of the articles that follow are, are going to do, are going to get into this. So this is kind of a hierarchical flow of relationships where we start by really making it clear that relationships matter. And then we start to talk about the different types of relationships, like organizational relationships and how the different Members of your organization need to play for that. Now we're going to start to get into like, okay, your ability to restore a relationship is absolutely critical. And here's some things you can do. And these articles will reflect it. So these articles are not only guidelines and lenses to look through, but they're also levers. They're levers that you can pull in real time, but you got to do the work on them. Right? you got to do the work on them every day. And understand that restoring relationships is probably one of the most difficult things you'll ever do as a leader. I mean, think about times in your life where trust has been lost. Maybe uh, it was uh, trust with a spouse or trust with a family member or a client. And maybe you did something to lose that trust. How difficult was it to get it back? Or maybe someone did something to lose trust with you. And they damaged trust with you. How difficult was it for you to give it back to them? How awkward was it to go through that process? Well, this is happening all around us, isn't it? This is happening on social media. It's happening in the media. It's happening in the business world. And we have become so divided in this time of churn in this mechanistic transactional age that it's easier for us, it seems like at the tip of the iceberg to just swear off a friendship of 20 years than to actually do what's necessary to bridge the gap and restore the damage. And so we need leaders right now. People are starving for leaders who can roll in and restore relationships. I'll share one other little thing for you with you, because I I think this is, is, is very, very relevant Um, is there is, and we're going to talk about third parties a little bit later in the articles, but it's really important to understand that if you have the ability to restore relationships, you can pretty much move into a range of rooms and arenas and situations that you otherwise would not be able to get into. You will be deemed as relevant and relatable, uh, even in places where most people can't tread because you are there to help restore the relationship. There's a certain legitimacy to you that you, you don't get sucked into one in-group over the other group. Now, if you make it a habit of siding with one group over another out-group, either inside your business or outside your business, and this includes in the political realm as well, you automatically lose your ability to restore relationships. Just understand that. Uh, that that ability, that impartiality, that ability to bridge Has to be, you have to cultivate that. You have to work at that. And so if you find yourself like right now in the time of churn caught up in one partisan lane over another and you're, you're, you're leveraging moral superiority or talking about those people over there, you know, and you're speaking of them with, with sinister contempt or with your teeth gritted, something to take stock of. You're probably caught up in the churn as bad as anybody else and just know that your ability to bridge and restore relationships beyond your own in-group are non-existent. And that is a tough place to be in times of low trust and churn and not as uh, desirable as you might think, right? So there is a certain line to walk on this. It is why rooftop leaders are kind of rare and it's why we have to work at this stuff. But my promise is that if you do If you get to where you can restore relationships, nine times out of 10, you're going to find yourself the most relevant person in the room. Even if you're not the most senior, the most highly paid, you're going to find yourself to be the most relevant. And that's what people follow in times of churn. So learning how to restore those relationships is going to be key. And we're going to talk about some ways that you can do that as Lorentzian skills in the next article. Until then, I'll see you on the rooftop.